Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having Greg Cummins patching in from Santa Barbara, Three Sages Wellness. We're going to talk about the convergence of mobile and physical space. We're probably going to talk a lot more about whatever we feel like talking about. So, Greg, welcome to Halo Talks. Thanks, Pete. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here chatting to you today. Awesome. So, uh, you've got a pretty... Uh, branded background in the uh, greater Halo sector. So, you know, for our audience, you want to just talk about, uh, you know, some of your past uh, experiences and, and jobs, which kind of brought you to uh, to Three Sages, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk in depth about the company. Sure, thanks. I think, you know, really my whole journey with, you know, health and wellness began, you know, 20 odd years ago when I was actually a professional athlete. So, you know, I played rugby professionally in South Africa for a couple of years and banged my body around and realized after a while that was, that wasn't really going to be a long-term career for me. So, you know, I did transition, you know, directly from that into owning a sports performance and personal training practice, which I ran for a decade. So I really was in the performance side of life. And then I moved to the U S about 11 years ago. And like my first port of call was obviously tracking down what I knew, right. Which was athlete performance. And so I went and worked for a company called Athletes Performance, which is now Exos. And I was there for about a year and a half. Like, you know, it wasn't a great time to be in business because it was like 09, 10, you know, when that whole downturn. But at the time, you know, I was learning a lot, just learning a lot about, you know, athlete performance and restoration. And that's where the whole restorative elements started coming in because they are huge on just that foundation of restorative work. And, you know, from there, I transitioned into actually another job I worked with um, was Fitness Design Group, where I headed up the design division on designing spaces, um, hotel gyms, hospitality, and then obviously looking at multifamily, private residences. So we pretty much ran the gauntlet of being in the space of being an athlete, training people, then designing the spaces. So we sort of get a full understanding of what has to go into actually, you know, creating that well environment. And then from there, I moved from that into opening up Three Sages about three years ago. Um, that's where I sort of, you know, during all that time and through all those two decades of experience, I started to see some gaps which needed filling, and that's what led us to opening Three Sages. Cool. So what's the, uh, what's the background on the name? I used to work at a firm yeah. uh, called Sagent Advisors. So we used to say we were, you know, Sage was like wisdom and Agent was like we're not conflicted. So we're going to give you unconflicted, you know, sage advice so give us give us the background here you know really looking at it from a holistic standpoint right you know we you know as we all know like trying to find a name for your company you know was something which was quite tricky but you know it really stems back like way back into you know ancient chinese culture but there were the three kings you know they taught their people how to sustain how to be live a holistic life they taught them fire cooking milling the fields all those different things mm-hmm. so we looked at it just from a you know the three sage kings were basically teaching people how to sustain themselves so when we looked in our businesses but you know it's very much on the holistic look at wellness it's not just fitness it's not just you know one component of it it's how we you know pull it all together so that's really where the name came from and how we pulled the three sages together and what we are today so you know when uh you typically have people come in and say hey i'm, I'm focused on like weight loss, I'm focused on, you know, traditional health clubs. And then you've got a whole nother category of people that focus on, hey, I'm, I, I help you build out your, you know, multifamily, you know, fitness facility, um, or people doing, you know, at home. So it sounds to me like you've kind of taken almost like every element of what you've learned over time. And the first, maybe, maybe the first group or, or, 
CEO that says, Hey, I actually know enough to be dangerous about each one of these. And now, you know, I could actually give you this omni channel approach because of your experience. We just we always say like experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. You probably have good and bad experiences, but like, it's three stages kind of like the culmination of, of all this learning. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, definitely not our first rodeo and not like we're coming to market fresh out of college, you know, so, you know, everyone in our company, we've got a very experienced team, you know, so, and we've also worked across different markets and different verticals. So we bring that knowledge from being in different fields of hospitality or corporate fitness or, you know, what I was in the athlete side of things. And then particularly I dove for six or seven years heavily into the designer spaces. So we think that's really what brought everything together was pulling from all this various experience of looking at the built space. And I always like to say, you know, you've got to step outside the box and look in if you want to find a solution. So mm-hmm. if you're standing in the middle of that floor, what do we put in the space? Or you know, sometimes it's not even in a gym. It could be just be a common space, an area which is being repurposed. Or, you know, how are people today being served when it comes to wellness? So that's really, we looked at all those experiences, which, you know, which I had, and that heavily impacted where we are today as a company and sort of what we're delivering. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was I was watching a uh, an investor video by this guy who's a CEO and founder of uh, Restoration Hardware. Yeah, and this guy was saying came up with this phrase that I, that's always stuck with me. He says people buy with their eyes. He's <laughs> like, if you don't, and they don't have like price tags in any of the the locations. So he's like, you gotta. I'm I'm basically allowing you to come in here, and I want you to experience like what it would be like to live in this. So like, yes. as I see your avatar in the background here. You know, how does your brain work when you go into a space and kind of envision, you know, either standing in each corner and say, hey, is this what I want you to look at? Because I don't think, I mean, look, there's some great architects in the health club industry, but I don't think there's a full appreciation for what what you want the person to experience or what mood. You know, some people like tinker with colors because like they like a certain color, but there's not, you know, a rationale to that. So kind of give us a little insight into how you think about spaces and how you visualize it and how each one's unique. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a great question because, you know, ultimately every space is different. And um, a lot of times and I've worked on whether it be inside the multifamily space or hospitality space, no matter what market it is, you know, generally you'll, you know, you'll meet the developers, the interior designers, and there's very limited knowledge of the ability to really put together what we call like the functional space, right? How does everything work together? They can make it look beautiful and they often do. And, you know, I've had great relationships with a lot of interior designers and architects, but we really have to look at the functionality of the space and the programming, right? So, you know, when we're looking at what needs to be programming, what the balance is inside a room, you know, and also the most important thing is it's got to be aesthetically pleasing, you know, we all know that inside the gym industry, there's a lot of steel, metal, you know, which is going in plastic, which is going around. It's pretty hard to make that look pretty, you know. So you've got to look at the soft touches inside the space. But when it specifically comes to programming, you know, you've also got to understand, like, look at what the human being is going through, right? Like, that's a sensory experience. They're going in there. What are they smell, touch, sight, feel? You know, you've got to take all those into account. Like, gone are the days where it's just let's whack down some puzzle tile, you know, rubber floor, put some equipment in and we're off to the races. You know, I think that it's becoming really, really, you know, defining like these spaces a lot more and there's a lot more competition. You know, you look at the, you look at the apartment complexes, they all of them have gyms now. So who's going to have the prettier one, which is going to get the residents to come there. You know, hotels, even the budget level hotels are stepping up their game in making that a really class amenity. 
so really, Pete, the big thing is understanding, you know, who is using it, you know, what is that, you know, how they're using it and how you can make that aesthetically pleasing more functional at the same time. Yeah, it's a good point. They, they just let's, let's take a side, side road on to, um, you know, some of these budget hotels and, you know, obviously there are thousands of them. And I, you know, I, when I started, you know, before COVID, I was traveling around, you know, three or four days a week on a, on an airplane, probably like you. And I, I typically was selecting hotels either based on in how the proximity that they were to a fitness program that I wanted to go to, or I would take a look at the gallery and see how much square footage they allocated towards it. So what are you seeing in the market or what do you think is going to happen, you know, when, when development starts to take shape and, you know, instead of a, like a Hampton Inn or somebody like that, you know, basically taking one room and, you know, kind of putting three or four pieces of equipment, like where do you think we could potentially be headed? You know, I think there's, it's, it's right now, it's particularly talking about where we are with COVID, right? I think there's going to be a phased approach to basically coming out of this. Um, you know, I think if we're looking at the different markets, if you look at hospitality, you know, we just um, this week have inked a deal with the core hotels to basically provide them in-room content for all their hotels in North America and Canada. And we're not doing fitness content. We're doing yoga, stretching, mindfulness, sleep. You know, that that's what we focus on because there's a lot of anxiety around those people who are traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, that's where I see the first port of call is, like, how do we basically elevate the guest room experience? And then the same thing is, you know, when we're looking at the multifamily vertical, you know, we're looking at that as what are they doing, not necessarily inside the gyms because of limited access. What are you doing in repurposing common spaces, which we could create, you know, potentially what we call no sweat zones, like spaces where people aren't going to freak out about someone sweating and breathing heavily next to them and doing, you know, more of that sort of community-driven class session safely distancing if they allow that. So I think that's the first point right now is like how are we looking at these spaces and programming them so people can start to feel more comfortable getting into these environments. Then I think the big step from there is when it does start to open up again and we are safe and the COVID is something hopefully in the rear rear view, we'll start to look at these spaces a lot more. People's people's uh, you know attitudes and perceptions of wellness are changing. They've been exposed heavily to virtual content right now. That is like the only solution some people have had to get. So a lot more people are experiencing for the first time what virtual is. And they're getting hooked on it because, you know, they're watching their train on Instagram. They're like, you know, they're going on to all these, everyone's gone virtual, right? So now that, you know, you know, I hate to say it, but COVID really has given us a boost because, you know, it's now educating the public on what like virtual content really is. And what that does for us, it allows us to then put that into platforms. When people are coming out of this, they're going to be accustomed to working in some sort of digital platform a lot more. So I think we're going to start to see a lot more of that being integrated in. And I personally feel thinning the gym out and thinning these spaces out to make more functional room. And that's where I see it going. But at the same time, taking in elements of, you know, the fresh air, the bright lights, you know, the spacing of everything. So I think people now are going to become hypersensitive to how these spaces are being designed, short-term and long-term, and also like phasing in what people have become accustomed to using. Mm-hmm. So when you think about this as, as an entrepreneur and whether you are raising outside capital or whether you're, you know, giving somebody elevator pitch, you, you, you seem to be at like this interesting crossroads of, I'm going to tell you what my business model is. It's probably not going to fully make sense because I'm, I'm kind of like your architect. I'm also like your mobile app guy. I'm doing virtual and I'm also giving you a subscription, you know, so how do you, kind of fight through the fact that 
you can't just say like, you know, I'm like the, the you know, like a calm or a headspace plus like your architect. And so, so what have you run into or what's the best way for you to like stay on the front end of this without people saying, you know, you, you're doing too much, which some yeah. people said to me in the past. Absolutely. No, that's a great question. Because, you know, the thing is, when you're looking at this space in particular, like, you know, if you look at any fitness brand, they've got multiple different things they're offering. If, you know, if you're looking at apps, you know, they are a lot of times offering different components. So for us, like, you know, we're very laser focused on what we're offering and what we're doing is that, you know, ours is basically, you know, we're going in and creating this immersive space, which is very much based in grounded and restorative. So we're creating a space, we're holding a space for you within a space. And that's like the, that's our product, right? That's the three stages wall now like the mobile app is something which we have right now a great asset which is actually an add-on to help with marketing for our clients it's mm -hmm. a solution which gives people access to our content when they're not inside the space so you know that's the full 360 degrees we come at this with but you know we very much are focused on not just the short term here you know so we right now going through cap raise and looking at you know getting investment and this is not something we're looking at for six to 12 months it's where's, where's this market going in six to seven years so, you know, we know that restorative wellness is booming. We know that people are going to be needing it more and more in this always on society. So for us, like it's, you know, Pete, to be honest, like we're very focused on that's our product, that's our space. We can influence it and we can use our mobile app to either seed the market and get people interested in content, which is king right now. And then we can sort of, as that flows in, that'll become that sort of supportive marketing tool or operational tool for us as we go. See, the thing that I find interesting about one, your background and what you're trying to pull off versus I feel like a lot of corporations right now are saying like, yeah, I got a subscription, you know, wholesale subscription on Headspace for all my employees or, you know, they want to have a press release to kind of give lip service, if you will, to, oh, yeah, I provide that content. Can you explain why that long term doesn't work and that why? If you're not, if you don't really have a holistic approach to this in the physical space and yeah. the digital and the communication, you know, that, that it's, there's like a bandaid or there's like a prescription. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing, right. You know, anyway, when, when, and also just particularly talking about the, you know, the, the, the time we're in right now, which is extraordinary, right. With the whole COVID and the thing, you know, everyone ran out and had a digital solution. People were creating solutions. Trainers went on and, you know, they were creating what I, uh, you know, there's some great trainers out there, but even that if you're not producing quality content, right. And it's not with, with the, a pure roadmap vision of what you're trying to achieve. Like we basically are focusing on restorative wellness, restorative well-being. So we know that that's a big part of the future. So when we're looking at that as, you know, we're doubling down on the fact that we're not just trying to throw some, you know, quick makeshift app towards you and repurposing a content. We've been shooting this content for two years. We've been analyzing, mm -hmm. studying, understanding. And also a very important thing here, Pete, is that there's some great companies doing amazing content in studios. There's no shortage of that right now. Like you look at the boom of streaming content. It's, you know, it's like, it's, it's everywhere. So what we did is we said, well, okay, well, if everyone's going to play inside, you know, we're going to run out the back door and we're going to go play outside because that's really where you want to be. You want to be in nature. You know, you want to be looking at this. So we don't shoot indoor content. We only shoot content outdoors. So it's like whether it's a yoga session in Ojai or you're basically doing a meditation in Malibu or, you know, you're like, you know, we're going to keep on pushing the boundaries of where we're going. It's, you know, it's the travel channel meets wellness. That's ultimately what we're trying to achieve here. <laughs> 
So what we want to do is a long-term vision is not just give you a short-term fix of, hey, just take this app and give it to people. It's like, no, right now we can give you our mobile app to use in your apartment communities with this beautiful content, which is absolutely positioned to helping people who are super stressed out right now. But let's think about where this goes to after that. Like, what are you actually doing to continue the success and continue this growth and continue this engagement? You have to go into the build space. So now you're going to start giving people that option post-workout run, come stand in front of a three stages wall and, you know, use one of our partner, you know, we've got partner content with Hyper Ice and Rad, or you use one of our yoga sessions for 20 minutes. You know, we've just got this real holistic solution. You can come spend five, 10, 15 or 20 minutes in front of one of our virtual solutions and you can completely, you know, sort yourself out from a restoration standpoint. And then, you know, you can take the mobile solution with you and do it in your apartment, or you can take it on the road with you while you're traveling. So that's the long-term vision is to, Help people out right now, whether it be helping and repositioning physical spaces or giving them a mobile tool. When we come out of this, like that's when we're going to really boom because now we obviously have got the attention of the people on virtual and we have the perfect solution for the build space. Interesting. So when you talk to hotel groups, yep. you know, and, and I, I've gone through on a couple of different projects and assignments that we've worked on, and I, I get to people that have titles. That I'm like, how, why is it, why am I talking to like the facilities manager of like, or like, why is it, why is it the guy who's the CapEx? Like, it's like, you're missing the point of what I'm bringing. So over the last like six to 12 months, have you seen any kind of seismic changes? Are you getting up to, you know, like the, the chief executive officer? Are you getting to, you know, somebody who, Maybe it's like chief revenue officer. Is there like a wellness, like somebody who's head of wellness services? Like what, what titles and, and how do you feel about the progression of, of how that's going? Is it getting closer to making sense to you and, and as it would to me? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're looking at it right now, it depends on which market we're in, right? Like, so hospitality, obviously pre-COVID, there were, you know, some brands had very, robust teams dedicated to wellness and it's becoming such a huge, I mean, traveling, you know, wellness tourism is enormous. You know, when you look at it, you know, you look at the billions of dollars being spent on that, that's not necessarily just, you know, what we call luxury tourism. It's more around like the road warrior. Are we supporting the 89% of the people traveling around the country? Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, there is a lot of, you know, it depends on what brand you're with. And yes, we have had some very high level conversations with a lot of people higher up, you know, who are in the SVP roles of like looking at what wellness is being positioned. It's not just like right down you know, in the trenches, someone saying, hey, I've got an idea. Because we also know how long it takes, which we've experienced firsthand, which was one of the hurdles is working with these hospitality companies you've got so many different layers of, of approval that you have to go through and sometimes by the time you get there the market's already changed again <laughs> you know so you know there definitely is you know and then again on the you know the, the multi-family vertical you're dealing a lot of times it's directly with developers who are making a call straight away and i think it's just you know some folks are, and some companies are already dialed in with wellness and you can see it you know you can know the properties you go to what brands have doubled down on wellness you know, you just go to, but at the end of the day, everyone wants it. You know, everyone wants to have that wellness amenity no matter what market you're in. And it's now coming down to who can diversify in it. So a number of these types of um, partnerships that you do, and inevitably someone internally says like, well, what's the return on investment on, on, on doing this? Like, well, what's the return on investment of your brand actually dying? <laughs> you know, so how do you think about like a spreadsheet or, you know, part of it's got to be, look, just trust me, like this is where 
everything's going. And, you know, you, you can't think about this the same way you think about upgrading televisions, you know, or upgrading your beds. Like, how do you attack that, that part of it? Yeah, I think, listen, I mean, like a lot of times, whether it be, you know, any of the markets that we mentioned numerous times during this, during this chat, you know, they've all got their different ways of, you know, figuring out the value, right, of what it's, what it's being done. And a lot of times with wellness, that's always been tricky. It's like, you know, what is the direct thing? Is it, is it causing more heads and beds for hotels? You know, you know, it's really a big thing. It's a retention play. And it's also like looking at that is so if you're in the multifamily vertical, if you have a fantastic, you know, wellness amenity or a lot of amenities, you're going to retain your residents. You know, it's, you know, the, 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 there's no secret behind that. And I think the same thing in hospitality, you know, if you like, you mentioned early on as well, Pete, is that, you know, you looked at the hotel, like, what do you have for me while I'm traveling? You know, I want to mm-hmm. see how I book with you because I've got an elevated amenity. So I think really from that side, it's looking at retention and growth of get, you know, basically, you know, really rounding out that amenity space. That's been for us as the biggest value, and that's only getting more and more aggressive. And I think when people come out of this COVID era as well, they're going to have to find cost-effective ways to reposition themselves. They're not going to have budgets to go along and completely overhaul their fitness center or put a whole new program in some lights, but a lot of people are going to be, you know, pinching pennies. So that's where we also come in with our positioning is that we're a very cost-affordable solution. We're cheaper than the price of a treadmill. Right. But, you know, when you look at the wow factor and how you can market the hell out of this completely new emerging, fast emerging trend of restorative, that's where we're positioning ourselves to really help our clients and our future clients basically grow these amenities, making them more attractive for attention. Got it. That's great. So, you know, as you uh, as you move forward here, you said you got a capital raise. Are you um, looking at at uh the U.S. market, are you getting inbound calls internationally? How are you kind of managing opportunities? Right now, we're basically very focused on the U.S. market, nothing international yet. Of course, you know, when we are really talking to hotel brands, even just on content licensing right now, you know, they are international. So, like, right now, we're looking at the next 12 to 18 months and being very much in the U.S. market. Um, but the beauty of the way we create our content, it allows us to, you know, translate that into other languages down the road. So, you know, we've definitely got an eye on, the, on, on a global market. There's no question. Um, but, of course, the U.S. being such a strong fitness and wellness market, this is a great place for us to start, and there's a lot to do here. So, you know, we're in a phase right now of, you know, getting our product out there. We have had, you know, a couple of people sign deals with us. We've also got content licenses. We have strategic partners. You know, like to say that, you know, we may be pre-revenue, but we're not premature, right? You know, mm-hmm. we've been at this and we know what we're doing. And um, you know, that's what we're hoping from the cap raises just to basically inject some gas into us to push a bit faster and and harder and really sort of, you know, even during, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a daunting ask for me with COVID. It's actually a great opportunity for us. So, you know, if we get those right, the right people to speak to, we feel we'll definitely be able to push through hard. Yeah, great. One question on, you know, running a company and given the, your background at other businesses, how did you think about, cause you got a pretty awesome all-star team, uh, you know, as part of your management team, how did you think about, sequentially adding certain people that you needed or was some of that opportunistic based on, Hey, I'm going to find this, I'm going to find a spot for, for this player because like there's an A player. I don't want to lose them because I think a lot of companies don't necessarily understand because they haven't done it before. You know, what, what's my top five people. And you know, I might need a sales and marketing person before I need a director operations, but they look at an org chart and think, Oh, I need a COO. Cause that's like, the number three thing on a, on a, on a chart. 
give us a little insight into how you think about that. Yeah, I mean, and so basically, you know, Justin Campbell, who heads up the whole sales division for our company, he's the chief revenue officer. You know, I worked with Justin previously at our, you know, another company. And, you know, when I started this company three years ago, you know, I was on him then. I was like, you know, come make the move, buddy. They, you know, we've got something good here. Let's make it go. And he eventually did join me because... Justin has had a lot of experience. You know, he's worked with TRX. He's worked with Water You know, he's really run the gauntlet. And um, he understands that market because also, you know, we're looking at this very B2B, right? So going straight to like B2B, we are going to be pushing out and direct to consumer as well. But what we have with our B2B market is that we sell through distributors. So we've set up, you know, distributors across all key markets in the US, right? And that's where Justin has a real big strength. He's got some amazing relationships and he's, he's, damn good at what he does, you know, and I need that, you know, I'm, I'm good at selling, but he's brilliant at selling. So, you know, mm. that's why I pulled that, you know, I pulled that one as quickly as I could because that's all about our growth, right, the sales side. And then Adam Glickman, who is, you know, he's our CMO on the marketing side. Adam is, you know, vice chair in the Global Wellness Institute. He started the Even Hotels brand, you know, for mm-hmm. IHG. Sure, yeah. Very, very, very experienced. And like, you know, he took that brand, like he, he basically, you know, built the whole Even Hotel brand. So Adam is great with understanding, you know, obviously brand activation, the hospitality markets. Then myself, you know, obviously with a lot of experience across all verticals. And then, you know, we've, you know, Jeff, who is our chief technology officer, you know, he's not just, uh, you know, someone who's been coding for a lot of five years. You know, this is a guy who was pulling apart his Atari box back in the day. You know, he's been in <laughs> for, for, for 30 years, you know, so. Um, yeah. I'm on Atari, I've missed that game. Yeah, so it's like, you know, that's the thing, you know, we, we, we definitely are, all of us have over 20 years experience in this industry, whether it be technology, marketing, sales, or even what I've come in from performance and just generally across and design. So that's how we really fill those buckets, you know, out the gates. And um, because we've got a heavy distributor model, you know, we don't have to bring on a hundred salespeople across the US. You know, we showed this to a couple of key distributors and they're all over it. They're like, this is exactly what we've been looking for. So I'm very lucky to have amazing people. And, you know, I don't know everything. I can't do everything. And it's all about teamwork. And I absolutely respect it. And they have like a bit of autonomy. They know what they're doing. I let them run, let them run it with me. That's great. So in closing here, you got any uh, quotes that you, uh, you live by or uh, things that they say, oh, that comes out of Greg's mouth all the time, but you know, whether it's motivating or reinforcing. You know, like there's a lot of things that come out of my mouth right now. I'm probably not going to say on this podcast, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I think you're like, it's because I'm a pretty passionate person, you know, and it's like one of those things, maybe it comes to my rugby days. Like, you know, you can hit the crap out of me, but I'll keep on coming at you. It's just so, you know, that's how I've really lived my life is that I grew up in sort of competitive sports and I grew up with a father who was a phenomenal entrepreneur and sportsman who always taught me grit. And, you know, the biggest thing was there was just, you're going to get hit so many times, more times than you'll even remember. You just got to keep getting up. And, you know, the startup world, it's not an easy one. You know, it's, 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 it's a tough one. But now we've had like a lot of times we've had a pivot. So I think, you know, the biggest thing for me, Pete, is like I always tell my guys, you know, and, and the ladies who work with our company is that, you know, you just, you just got to keep pushing. You got to keep going. Like, you know, stay the course. You know, that's what it is, is that we're going to succeed. And that's my belief is that we are. Like, I feel we're going to become, if not the biggest, you know, one of the biggest restorative wellness companies in the world. And that's my vision. And I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm going to get there. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, I'm glad we connected and uh, look forward to uh, not only getting to know you and, and your team, but also hopefully staying at places that restore me personally. So thank you for uh, creating that opportunity. And, uh, you know, well, I want to, 
once we're over this uh, COVID period here, let's uh, collaborate some more and, and see if we can be helpful. Uh, you. I think you're uh, you're 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 on the on the uh, tipping point here of uh, of, of material change. So so keep pushing and uh, look forward to getting updates. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate the time and great having a chat with you. Awesome, man. All right, All right. Nice stuff, guys. Good stuff. Later, bud. This is Pete Moore. As you know, I am a big believer in personal development. I got a time-saving opportunity here for you, recommending Dan Millman's Four Purposes of Life. Go to audible.com forward slash Halo Talks. You want to register there, get a free audio book. It's $14.95 a month thereafter, giving you things that I do to make myself better and hopefully it makes you better. Go Halo. Let's play to win.